Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio, or if this is your first time listening, welcome to Lash Boss Radio. I am Shelby, your host, and today I am joined by Kristen Dalton, um, known as Crush Artistry, formerly known as Lash Crush, Mm -hmm. and formerly known as something else, (laughs) which we will get into in a second. Um, Kristen is amazing, and I'm so glad that she is joining me today as my first um, guest on my new YouTube channel and... um, First in-person guest for Lash Boss Radio at all. So um, welcome, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Yay. I want to start with, um, like, let's take it back. Like, why did you enter the beauty industry and why did you choose lashes? Um, So just walk me through. Sure. Kristen before the lashes. Sure. Um, I think like most people who uh, go to esthetician school later in life, because I was around like 29 when I went to esthetician school. Um, I just didn't like my job. I was looking for something different. Um, So I wrote down everything I didn't want in a job. And it basically led me to realize that I was going to need to join the trade industry or the service industry um, because I didn't want to check my email all the time like I was before. So Mm -hmm. I went to school. And during um, esthetician school, you know, you try a lot of stuff and lashes was a tedious and ridiculous and I loved it right away so I kind of focused all my energy into that and then as soon as I graduated I just got a tiny little dungeon of a space and started lashing out of it Um, and it's funny because I think you mentioned before that uh, I was called something completely different because you know when you first start you just pick a name any name and and kind of go with it and um, yeah, so that was kind of funny. And then uh, I got a cease and desist, as you do, uh, to change my name. And that actually is how we found Lash Crush and Crush with a K. Yes. My husband made it up on a, um, we were on a trip in Hawaii and he's like, it should be something with Crush because that would be cute. And I was like, yeah, I like that word a lot. And then we put a K on it. And so that's how Crush Artistry, Crush, Lash Crush, everything came about. I think Oh, you know how I always ask my guests, like, what was their favorite failure? I'm sure oh, I have so many failures. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that was a really good thing that happened mm-hmm. to you because Lash Crush is a very, I think it's even more recognizable than um, what your form, like the yeah. former one sure. was. Yeah. And it also probably brought a new, like, like a reinventing a little bit and getting absolutely. to level up a little bit, you know? No, absolutely. I think um, sometimes when we are learning, we get kind of nervous because I was like so scared. You received that kind of letter and you're like, oh, they were actually so sweet about it. They're like, you know, you have three months um, mm-hmm. just because we know it's it's hard. Yeah. And um, yeah, it made it feel more custom and more like myself. And I think the one thing in this industry that sets you apart is being yourself completely, right? So um, obviously like aesthetic and things like that play into that, but a name is really important and uh, making sure you trademark it and making sure you go through those steps to make sure it's yours um, is super important. So I do say to all the ladies out there, if you have an awesome name and you have not gone through the trademarking um, part of things. Um, it's pretty easy. You can do it on legal zoom mm-hmm. You can do it on anything. You can have a lawyer help you, but, um, it's really an important step. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And I think a lot of times when people go off on their own or start their own business, they're just like, I don't even know what I need to do. I know that there's a lot that I need to do, yeah, but absolutely. Google is a really nice place. You could learn how, yeah. like, like learn all of the things that you need to do, make a list and check it off as you get through it. But that's one of the first things that should happen for sure because you don't want to start your journey and then have to change it later but then again if that does happen to you look at it look how it happened for you like it ended up being a good thing so yeah I honestly it's funny because I at that time I hadn't even set up like an LLC or Mm -hmm. an S corp or any of that stuff so um the reason trademarking your name is like the most vital step is because then that will be part of your legal presentation yeah right exactly so um i do think anytime you do have a little thing like that that feels like a hiccup um it's you always learn from it and Mm -hmm. you always get better but like you were saying when you start a business it is insane the amount of stuff you don't know Mm -hmm. and i feel like my husband went to like ucla business school and he always jokes now that he's like wow well you have had an entire business degree yes um but it cost you probably forty thousand dollars versus you know two hundred thousand dollars so 
you can be grateful for that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I went to school for many things. I <laughs> changed my major a lot. Uh, but business, I minored in business. I'm like, did I? Yes, I did. Um, and I learned nothing compared to what I know now about business. And it wasn't until like a few years into running my business that I really started to like get my groove and find, yeah, you know, ways to improve and stuff. But I feel like I've been seeing this theme a lot on Instagram, especially like you're a service provider wanting to work for yourself. That yeah. doesn't always mean it, it might be a shock to you how much, how or how different that it is working by yourself like going up to the next step of like being a employer too. And yeah. you've done that. Um, or, yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about sure. the transition from working by yourself to welcoming people into your empire. Because you've had a few different changes along sure. that journey too. Yeah. I think um, maybe one of my strong suits is recognizing when something isn't working and being very comfortable changing it. Um I think you should always keep an open mind because you can't – it's not good to keep, like, pedaling a bike that has flat wheels, right? Mm -hmm. So um, early on, I opened a shop, and it was more – it felt more like employee, employer kind of thing, even though it was room rental. I wanted to control everything, and I think we all feel that way. We all have, like, yeah. a mission and an idea of what we want. And I think that really kind of held me back. And so I moved into like the straight rental more mindset. And so I, I have renters at, all, at both of my shops. And um, we do have like shop policies and stuff like that that everyone needs to follow. But I really kind of relaxed on the idea that um, these people were tied to me because it felt better when not everyone was tethered to me. Uh, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a boss or an employer, and I realized that, and so I kind of just made that shift. Now, do I still have to step in and do leadership type roles and fix things and do all the things bosses do? Yes, mm -hmm. but for me, it felt like an easier fit, and um, I was able to keep my brand kind of separate from everybody um, else at the shop, even though um, we're still kind of working in the same spot. Um, it kind of, it just worked better for me. I mm -hmm. felt a lot I felt a lot happier and a lot like the weight was lifted off. How do you feel about having like you're you have so many employees? I do. Um yeah. I well what I'm hearing of what you're saying or what's coming across to me is that there are different ways of different ways to go about sure. welcoming people into oh, absolutely. what you create. Yeah. There's pros and cons to both, but it's about finding what feels right to you and changing it when you have to, even if that might be uncomfortable sure. or not easy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the other, like, I am an employer. Yeah. And I do have employees. Um, and my challenges a lot of times are, like, you know— we're doing real like it, it feels like this like we go through seasons where like everyone's like same energy like everything's so very yes yeah and then we go through a season where it's like come on like like you know um getting people re-inspired and so it's tough because I feel like my job a lot of times it, it's just a lot of like being a chameleon and being able to like um do whatever I have to do all the time that I spend there. And yeah. yeah, and I can see how being, having renters is cool because they're almost just like colleagues. Yeah, exactly. They're more like peers um, that I can then, if I have overflow of clients, I usually give them to them. Right. Um, it works out pretty good. Um, but yeah, they feel more like they own their own brand, right. but have kind of a helping hand with mm -hmm. that. Now, not everybody likes that. Honestly, I've had renters who I could tell immediately really like salary-based jobs and really want to be an employee and part of a bigger group. And I think that's an amazing quality to have. Um, it's so nice to have people like that at your shop. I'm sure you have people who are just like stoked to be together and help each other. And those are amazing people. I am kind of a lone wolf, I would say. I, I do like working with people, but I'm very particular about how I lash and how I do things and instead of kind of putting that on other people I just kind of thought you know that's probably better for me to stay to my to myself but I think it's amazing 
I see people who have employees like you and Mo and um, it blows my mind. You guys are not only bosses, but you're motivators. You have to um, have constantly have that kind of upbeat energy to, you know, lead to lead your um, employees. So I think you guys do an amazing job and it's, it's so much harder than people think being a boss. And I think a lot of the time there's a lot of, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but there's like a lot of animosity towards um, bosses and things like that. But at the end of the day, we're really just trying to have our best, your best interest at, yeah. at hand, you know, and that's got to be tough. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people get it wrong where uh, it, you can look at it both ways, really. Like just because you work for yourself doesn't mean you're going to be making a ton of money. Sure. It could course. take a while to get there. And you totally can make a ton of money. You can. Too. But you could also make really good money working for someone else as well like there's so many ways that so many different versions of success and stuff again like whatever feels right to you Absolutely. and you you can always like if you work somewhere for a while and then you decide hey I didn't think I wanted to work for myself ever but I think that's what I want to do now sure that can be okay absolutely and we have we're so lucky we have so many different ways of um of being mm -hmm. in this industry, we're very lucky. I think that, like you're saying, some people make so much money just working for somebody else. They don't have to worry about the tax portion. They don't have to worry about a lot of day-to-day -day setup, inventory, all of that stuff. And I do envy that. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, that was really nice to have a job where mm -hmm. somebody else thought of those things. But at the end of the day, um, some of us are just meant to, or just want to kind of be on our own yeah so and you can always lucky. you know if you oh and that can like change, change next year yeah. like if you guys hear me talking right now and i'm like i would never do this who even knows what i'll do next year because never say never mm -hmm. i never thought i'd do permanent makeup it yes. terrified me and now i do it every day so that's so cool yeah. so i did want to talk about that actually so awesome. you changed so you were Lash Crush and now you're Crush Artistry because yeah. you also are doing permanent makeup now and you're mm -hmm. phenomenal at oh, thank it. Thank you. Like, I'm literally going to get my <laughs> lips done with Kristen. I am because, so excited. Yes. I cannot wait. I need to figure out my lip situation though. You guys, I've literally had my lip filler dissolved four times now oh and I don't gosh. think I'm done because like there's still like some areas. That burns when you do that. Actually, when they use numbing, it's not that bad. Oh, I never do numbing because I hate the feeling of lidocaine. Isn't that so weird? Really? I hate that numb feeling. So I'm like, just do it when I get Ooh. my filler. Mm. It's 30 seconds. It's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like anticipating the un discomfort uh -huh. makes me just like sweat and I'm terrified. And then <laughs> I'm getting it done. I'm like in my head. Like, uh, It's just I don't like that stuff. But yeah, I've had to get it dissolved so many times. Mm. And then, yeah, so I'm waiting for my lips to be where I want them, I guess, yeah. before I get it. Because isn't that how you should get the filler done before? I always recommend people do filler before and wait a month, month and a half, because okay. if you're going to do it, um, it does create more lip area. Mm -hmm. So usually if I already do it, then they get filler. There is like the inside part of their mouth that we have to kind of fill in. Mm -hmm. So it's like, might as well just do it before and get it after. But it's totally safe with filler. Do you ever see, um, when you're doing it, do you ever see like bad lip filler jobs? Like, oh, I see everything. It's just like with lashes, like you have a different canvas every single time. Um, so there's definitely people who have like lumpy filler mm -hmm. or have extreme amounts of filler. It's actually really crazy to see how big people get their lips. Yeah. It takes a lot longer when I have huge lips to work with. Right. And also the tissue of the skin is stretched so tight that you have to be super gentle and be really careful um, um, making sure you're at the right depth. So as you can imagine, I see all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say the craziest thing that I see and something that's really shocking to me is the amount of people who have been bitten by dogs on their mouth and have giant scars that we're now trying to connect and give them like an actual lip shape. Uh, in the last year, I probably had 10 different um, women our age who were bit by dogs on their face. Um, it's a really serious thing and it happens all the time. And I think we don't, we just don't think about it, but be careful with your kids around dogs. Even, even sweet baby angels, like they're, they're just like, I don't want to be touched, you know, and that can do permanent damage. Didn't we talk about this at our dinner? Yes. We had the best dinner, by the way. I actually wish everyone could have been there. It was very emotional mm -hmm. and, and beautiful. And um, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I feel so lucky to have friends like you and like everyone I've met has been so sweet. We're just so lucky in this industry. So Yeah, I yeah. think that was a very – it was a definitely a moving dinner. We all were there like much longer than I'm sure any of oh, us yeah. thought. It was like three hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I felt like it was like a pivotal – moment in our relationship sure. because I felt like I knew you so much more mm-hmm. and I feel like you probably felt the same and um I think I don't know when I first met you I personally was like I wasn't sure like how were you going to be or like can we yeah. be friends sure. we both live in the same city like mm-hmm. is it going to be you know and I had all these thoughts and I tend to do that like just always like second guess or like have those insecurities and stuff. Um, yeah, because you're a very private person. You're very uh, quiet and also stunningly beautiful. Uh, if anyone's ever met her in person, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Uh, the Thanks. first time I met you, I was like, hi, who is this beautiful person? Uh, but I think it's a really – some of my long-term friendships, the best friendships I've had, have have progressed very slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've built up a relationship. Some people you just click with right away and just feel comfortable with. But I think in our industry, you never know how somebody's going to actually be because we see people on Instagram and obviously we're presenting a different persona. Um, we all try and be true to ourselves on there. But, you know, when you meet somebody in person like three times, that doesn't mean that you're friends with them. You're you're probably like friendly with them and they're a good acquaintance. But you and I hadn't had um, many platforms to just like sit and be mm-hmm. together and have conversations in this last year with um, p- things reopening. You and I went to a few different events together and actually like had dinner together. And actually I got to spend time together. So I'm really, I'm really happy that our friendship has formed and um, it's been so lovely like knowing you and, and learning about who you are Thank as a person. You. Yeah. I feel the same. I really do. And um, yeah, I, I think especially in our industry, like connecting with others in the industry is important, but also it could be a little bit scary because I've also seen it go the opposite way. Like yeah, you really do think someone is your friend and then things happen and it could be really hurtful. And, um, and then there's like sometimes I'm not saying I necessarily have seen this personally, but I know of some people who have like really been jaded by the beauty industry. And yeah, um, well, I yeah. think there's bad people wherever you go or people who you're just not going to fit with. And I think just because we all do lashes doesn't mean we're very similar people at yeah. all. And there's obviously people who present one way and then when you're actually with them um, present something completely different. I tend to like a true Gemini, just like ghost people like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just don't invite them into my um, life or my energy anymore but I think everyone handles those things very differently but like you're saying we you think you know somebody just because you've watched them grow or change and then you meet them in person you might not fit you know and I think that's totally fine yeah I luckily haven't had any like crazy blowouts or anything like that but I think that strong personalities coming together sometimes it happens you know Mm mm-hmm I agree. Um, okay, going back to permanent makeup, though. Okay, so let's do this. <laughs> you Do you feel like being a lash artist first affected the way that you are as an artist in the permanent makeup world? Like, Sure. You feel like people that add that to their menu as a lash artist have a leg up um, versus randoms because you don't need the same kind of license it's a health department no yeah and i can cover all that um okay so we are amazing at permanent makeup because we do something tedious and really slow moving all the time you have to be patient and you have to also be willing to put in practice Mm -hmm. and i feel like lashing has been one of the hardest things i've ever done and same with permanent makeup Uh, You have to have kind of a Zen mind about it. Like you're creating ephemeral art. You have to be able to like let your ego go when it comes to your work. You have to just try to make your client happy uh, within, you know, keeping them safe. But um, I think it's an easy transition for lash artists because we already have a built-in clientele that's returning. So adding something like permanent makeup to your menu, those people only return every one to two years. So it's more, for me, it's the best supplemental income 
of all time because you could just take two clients a week and then you would have, let's see, $4,000 more a month. So wow. it, it increases really quick with only minor amounts of um, adding time. So um, lash artists, I've trained quite a few now um, who are now doing lip blush and they're instantly understand that this is going to be like something they have to practice a lot and mm -hmm. they're not afraid to touch people. Mm -hmm. I think that was the hardest thing for a lot of us to learn at first is putting your hands on people, moving them to get the right angle. And um, yeah, so I think it's, it's one of those things that's made perfect for artists, mm -hmm. but um, a lot of people have to get over the empathy side of it because you do mm -hmm. cause people pain. It's painful. It's not like lashes where s someone can sleep. I do have some people who sleep, but uh, you really have to think more like a doctor. Like I have to get in here and do my job and I'm going to do it quickly and correctly. But you have to kind of be like, okay, we have to get through this mm -hmm. you know? because some people are very sensitive on their mouth. But yeah. Um. So oh, yeah, licensing. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So the cool thing about uh, being a cosmetic tattoo artist in Texas is that we don't need any other cer certifications or anything like that. Um, you can get advanced certifications, kind of like what we do when we get out of lash school. Um, I recommend you obviously take courses. I don't recommend going to people who are quote unquote self-trained. I think that's a amazing if you are very it, you're, it's, it comes easy to you, but I think taking trainings is super important because you're going to learn a lot um, about your client's skin. If I saw somebody doing permanent makeup and they said self-trained, I'd be terrified. You'd be shocked. There's a lot of people out there who just pick up Not a, to knock anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, kind of scary. Good for you, but also I will continue taking trainings like once a year until mm -hmm. I die probably because I really, really like being in that beginner's mindset. It yeah. really makes me curious. It makes me energetic. It adds so much to each appointment. So I totally recommend if you're doing lashes, uh, find a good lip blush trainer or um, brow trainer and give it a shot because you might fall in love with another service. So how many, <clears throat> you know how whenever you take your first lash class, sure. um, some people going into it, they're like, okay, I'm going to be able to like, you know, bang these sets out and stuff. It takes a while for most people to get very good at lashes. Sure. How is that like for lip it's, blush? It's really similar. Um, your clients are happy at the beginning and now, right? They don't know the difference between how good you were when you know you started and when you ended i would say it's much more frightening at doing permanent makeup because obviously you're doing something that's semi-permanent on someone's face uh with a needle but yeah i would say i felt very i feel very comfortable and like i have a superpower now after like two years but i feel like we all hit that point at different times so with lashes i think it was the two-year point for me where mm -hmm. I was like, whatever comes in here, I can tackle yeah. and problem solve and make a pretty set. Right. Yeah. What changes though? Like what, like, is it like the depth of your, I don't know, you know, There's like is, so many things. Is it the shape? Um, I think your shaping gets better. Your color choice gets better. Mm -hmm. um, you're less like whatever you want, you know, like how you do when you first start lashing, how you're trying to constantly make them feel better. Mm -hmm. I can read red flags a lot faster and say, you know, are you sure you want to do the actual color red? You know, I've had a couple of those. Um, and I just make them sign a se separate consent form because that's a that's a bright color, you know. Something saying something this saying, isn't what I professionally I, recommended. Yeah, I don't I recommend a more natural color, but you're choosing something that is literally like a dark color for your mouth. Um, and a lot of those deeper pigments or pigments that are inorganic, they last up to five years or or more. So you have to treat these sessions, I know we call it semi-permanent, but you should treat them as a permanent session mm -hmm. because for some people, especially older clients, their skin is drier and thinner and sometimes it lasts for 30 years. Jeez. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to go into. Yeah. A lot um a lot more about anatomy and uh actual human bodies than um, lashes. Right. Yeah. Man, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, it's a lot. I know. I, I kind of just like during the training, oh. everyone's always like this by the end of the day. Oh, for sure. Which is great. I'm like, good. I, I did that to you. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about your 
reels because you made oh, one huh? the other day about inorganic, inorganic pigments. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like reading every word of your caption <laughs> because I didn't know anything about that. And sure. I was just interested. Yeah. And I think it was nice to be reminded that like there are some lash clients too that mm-hmm. don't understand things that they're going to be reading the full caption sure. to find out what you're saying. So yeah, I you've been making a lot of reels lately. Uh, thanks to Mac, she's like, get off, get going. What are you doing? Like, you yeah. know, get, so thank you, Mackenzie. Love you. <laughs> um, yeah, your reels, you've been really consistent with them. And some of them are funnier and some of them are more informative. Sure. Um, walk me through. Making reels. Yeah. <laughs> Getting on the reel bus. So I would, I always recommend, and we go through, in all of my trainings, I always try and do a social media part because there's really no trick. I think people are constantly looking for a trick on how to get more followers. It's consistency and doing it as much as possible. And yeah. that's the same with practicing lashes or permanent makeup. Yes. There's no easy way around it. You have to make a reel every day or you have to um, set it up where you're consistently posting. So if reels are too hard for you to make, then do a post, a reel, a post, a reel. And those are your, that's your weekly like schedule. Mm-hmm. So setting up a schedule um, is important and figuring out your audience is important. Once you have that, it actually becomes super fun. Like sometimes I can't wait to make a reel because I can't wait to deliver that knowledge to one of my students. Um, I get inspired by their questions. Like they were asking me, which pigments do I buy? So that's why I made the inorganic Mm. or organic. Um, Someone was asking me like, hey, it's weird. I use the same color in this different um, product type and it healed way lighter than when you did it with like a permit blend. And I'm like, yeah, that's because that color's more opaque and this mm-hmm. one's translucent. But these are like deep dives that you go into like more advanced training. Right. Uh, but like I said, I, I love sharing with them because we've all been behind our chair, freaking out, feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. And especially with tattoo, not knowing what you're doing is a horrifying thought, right? So um, I would recommend, A, make a schedule, stick to it, consistently post. Um, post when people are going to be watching. So like lunch breaks, after yeah. work. Obviously, those are when your reels are going to start to get gain um, gain a little traction. Yeah. Um, and also, like you know this, sometimes you post something. I think I spent 30 seconds on one because I was like, oh, I have to make one today. And it was literally me with coffee cup going, I've been drinking coffee. And I've been drinking coffee. That one has the most of all of mine. Wow. And I didn't have makeup on. I was wearing a beanie. And so you have to realize people just want relatable content. They don't. They do want to be taught, but they just want to laugh too. Like everyone needs levity in the middle of the day, you know. So I've hopped on and off the real train. (laughs) I know. It's hard. So much. Um, I I struggle with time management sometimes. And I feel like what you just said about relatable content, we do that a lot with memes. Like we're always posting memes. Memes are still, I think, are are great and they're so popular. They're just as popular as reels. I think that Instagram just wants you to use that feature more right now. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, note to self, I will be posting more reels. Um, Yeah, but no, I've noticed that you're great at it. And just had to tell you, like, one of them I was, like, really reading. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you read that one. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, well, I watch all of them. They always pop up on my feed. Oh, awesome. I am not on, um, like, the lash side of Instagram too often. Um, I'm usually on my personal page. but. When I do venture over there, you are always up there. Mo is up there. And then some girl, is it Beauty by Val or something? I think like so. That? I get all of hers too. Yeah. And that just shows you the power. Like, yes. I have never spoken to her. I watch all her stuff. I think it's hilarious. I like, I, I watch so many people that I feel like now I know. Yes. Like, if I saw them at LashCon, I'd be like, oh my God, you're famous. I know. Yeah. And they have like, they get like 3,000. Yes. Like likes on their stuff. And I was like, I don't know how they do that. They're amazing. Yeah. And imagine like that coming across a client's feed and you're like, that person's in my city. Like, I want to go there. Yeah, they're cute and funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people just want to go to brands or support brands that they feel connected to or feel like they kind of know a little bit or like can trust in some way. Yeah. Um, I think – I can't remember the statistic, but uh, people who show their spaces – 
get way more clients, far more clients than people who don't. Um, if you're just going to have a page full of eyes or lips, yeah. that's great. <clears throat> but people want to see where they're coming, yeah. and if it's really nice, they're gonna they're gonna book the appointment. Um, I do that. I would never trust a page that didn't show me the artist or the where <laughs> they work or the actual like vibe of who they are. Um, so I do think there's so many opportunities, and I feel like young people starting their social media are like, I don't know what to do, and it's like, just stop thinking, overthinking it. Just think b like base level. What would you want to see when you book an appointment? Yeah, yeah. totally. I've talked about this. Uh, <clears throat> like one time I gave a talk once at a lash conference. Sorry, I think I feel like either my nose is about to sneeze? be bleeding or like running because I'm like, am I having a nosebleed right now? Um, <laughs> I wonder if I can get you a tissue. I think I'm okay. Oh, but the hot sauce is. <laughs> I know the hot sauce is going to make it oh crazier. Gosh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. A hand with a Kleenex box just came in the door. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch me. Don't watch you. Um, I will say social media is stressful and there's days I don't want to do it and I don't push myself to do it. I'm like, I used to do that and then yeah. I, I would just feel crappy and I have mental health issues like a lot of people in the world. Yeah. And so if my bipolar is acting up, I'm not going to focus on making a reel. Oh my like, gosh. Who cares? But if you can be consistent, do it. Um, yeah. That's why there's days where I feel super inspired. It was like two days ago, I made all these funny reels because I was just like, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And so I made, I batched a lot of them. And then next week when I go to post them, I'll just look at what the trending audio is and put them to that unless it's like a talk track. So mental health, I do want to talk about that a little bit because yeah. um, I, whether I want to accept it or not, have anxiety and like I talk with my therapist about this. Um, yeah. But the way that I function is like I have to set up my future self to help them out a little bit like mm -hmm. if i leave things to the last minute or if i'm not prepared in some way i don't know if i'm going to be having a day where it's going to like yeah. ruin my whole day and so you saying that i'm i was wondering what is that like for you with bipolar like mm -hmm. how does that affect you as a business owner sure. and a mom and all of that life? um well, uh, when I found out I was bipolar, I, I think most people would be like, oh, this sucks. I was so happy because I finally knew what was going on inside of me and I found ways to treat that. And so I take medication. I go to therapy. Um, I'm very happy. If I, if I had been this mood stabilized from when I was you know, 10, I probably would have achieved so much more in my life. I think that um, – really taking care of your mood and the way you feel and also realizing when you're pushing yourself too hard um, and being able to step back and say like, no, I'm not going to do that is really, really important because there's some days I know I can't do that. I can't relax or like trainings, right? I have to show up for those people. I have to show up a hundred percent. I owe it to them and I love to train. So I, even if I was going through something, I would push it down but i would know that i'm going to take the next two days off after that mm -hmm. and just really like do meditation just relax um hang out with my family uh maybe just do anything possible to make me feel better so i will say i've never used my um my mental stuff as an excuse but i am very protective of it and i set boundaries really well at this point in my life so if you can you know, work or be around people who accept boundaries and accept that you're not going to always be perfect. I think it's really nice to have that. Yeah. But it also comes from within just being like, I'm a strong, badass bitch. But yeah, I have a mental disorder and I have to take care of it. Uh, I think you can be both. I don't think you need to be, you know, you know, like people, I think people think it's a weakness, but for me, it's a huge strength because mm -hmm. it let me know myself so much deeper. And like, as a mom, Ellis, like, holy crap, I cannot take it. I can't take a day off. You know, I can't, I can have days where I'm lower energy, but like he pushes me so much and he actually helps my bipolar a lot because I can't not show up for him. You know what I mean? So I think I have a really great partner who supports me. I support myself. 
um, I do a lot of therapy work. Like you were saying, therapy is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, if I don't want to post or if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think saying no is just as powerful as saying yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think for myself, like I have, oh, I always have compassion for other people. Like hearing, like even you just now talk about that, like, I just was like, oh, you know, but I've never had that same compassion for myself. Yeah, you like, have to. Yeah, it wasn't until going to therapy and it wasn't until actually going to therapy that I like accepted that I had anxiety too because yeah. for me, especially um, being an employer, for whatever reason, I always felt like I had to always be up here and yeah. I work with a lot of people that have anxiety and I'd always like – just want them to feel so safe and so um like anytime like I've witnessed anxiety attacks um with some of them and they like I remember oh man I remember <clears throat> one of them was like really like she was just shaking and I remember like her looking at me in the eyes and she just was looked so scared and Aww. I was just like W trying to like send her like it's okay like yeah, you're yeah. you're okay like you can go home I've I've got this whatever and then it wasn't until recently where I really started accepting like I'm I also go through those things and I stuff it down or I yeah. don't want to accept that and it's actually made it worse and um I feel like accepting it, working around it, working with it, leaning mm -hmm. into it a little bit um, really helps me in all aspects of my life and stuff. But it's interesting how many people you come across that are battling something that have some type of, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, any mental thing that they're struggling with. So many of us are going through that stuff, and oh, yeah. I just want to see us all have, like, more compassion understanding sure. for each other. I think that's a great message, and I, I think that um, I'm so happy that the conversation is actually out there, and people aren't afraid to talk about it, because whenever I talk about it, I get, like, 100 messages, like, wow, I'm bipolar, too, or um, I, I can't believe you said that out loud, because there's still stigmas, but... I will say, I know what you're talking about. I have so much compassion for other people and so little for myself. And I started doing these um, guided meditations where I go back to rooted situations um, that really have scarred me. And they're usually from childhood, right? And I literally just hug like little me and just say, yes. dude, you're going to be fine. Look at all this cool stuff that's going to happen later. Let this person have their evil win or like do whatever they need because you're going to be better. You're going to be fine. And I think going back and just releasing that and being like, you know, it's not going to affect me anymore, mm -hmm. but I'll always be there for whoever's inside of me. Yeah. Know, that little person in there. Cause I think we're all just ch children walking yes. around. And especially when we go to like, we leave our house when we're 18 and then like, we don't have a mom who's going to take care of us. We, a lot of us don't even have that have an actual mother around or a father and so we have to kind of become our own um yeah our own protector yeah too. we have to parent ourselves and we have to protect our our like our naive sweet inner child. part of us yeah yes yeah yes i um the other day i had never felt like what self-love is i've always talked about or heard about that being talked about mm. and i've never felt that i think in my life like i've always felt why is this conversation like it's this? Very, <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I love that. It's it's when you hit those points in your life where you have those big growth spurts um, or like mental growth spurts, that's why you want to share it with other people is because it feels so good mm -hmm. and you wonder how you lived without that feeling. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. I think I'm 37 years, almost 37 years old and it's like the first time where I've been like, no, I'm not going to accept that from that person or mm -hmm. um, this is what I want in my life. And I'm fun and I'm nice and I'm pretty and like actually believing those things instead of just saying them to make myself sort of like a bandage, right? Right. I, I'm so excited for you that you're feeling that. I like – I remember I was like laying in the bathtub and um, like I think my hand was like on my chest or something. And it was like 
literally this almost like epiphany moment where I was just like, oh my God, like I love myself in a way of like, you know, um, not like you don't I love be, myself. You but, don't want to be somebody else anymore. But yeah, like almost yeah. just like, like I got me, you know? Yeah. And like, I think so long I've been either judging myself, feeling shame um, for myself or believing things that maybe like a partner or someone has told me about myself and just going inward. And then like now it's like I'm getting to discover who I am. I'm becoming a better mom, a better friend. um, And I just feel so like liberated and just free for the first time because I feel like I just, I don't know. It's just been a really nice journey the last couple of years. I feel like getting to finally know yourself and to be loving towards that person that you're discovering is like a really beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. I think releasing your ego when it comes to like what people feel about you or how you feel about other people. So I feel like jealousy is a really wasted emotion. Anytime I feel it, I'm like, ooh, I want what that person has Mm -hmm. or like that person's amazing. And uh, just kind of like coming into tune with that is also really great. Just kind of losing that because then you're able to be truly free, right? When you you love yourself, when you, I mean, people could totally or probably totally like don't like me and all that, but I like me. So it becomes irrelevant and it's not going to stop me from doing anything I want to do. Yeah. Or, um, or anything like that anymore. And I think that's the most freeing feeling. And so when you do have self-love or you realize that you actually have everything inside you that you need, you don't need it from another person, is so insane. And I think as women, we needed men for so long or we needed a partner, um, even fiscally, and now we don't. So it's amazing because we literally can be our own everything you know, and have that beautiful relationship with ourselves instead of giving it to somebody else who doesn't maybe deserve it. Totally. And I think even that helps with business too. Like if you look at things like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. Look at my to-do list. Look what I'm not doing. Look at the, all the dreams that I have and I'm so far from them. Whenever you feel free, it becomes like it, it's just like you're in this flow state of like you then just start receiving things and you're acting out of just gratitude and love and happiness and joy 100%. getting to getting to do yeah. what we do. We have yeah. a really cool job. We have great Lash jobs. artists. I love it. And beauty it, industries. Never, so cool. Never ever do I like wake up and I'm like, I hate my job. I don't want to go. Sometimes I'm being lazy. I'm like, I would rather sleep. But like, who doesn't feel that? Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I think when you start, So I always try and um, set things up so people can visualize them. But um, before, I felt like I was always swimming upstream again in a river, like trying to please people, trying to do these things I didn't want to do. And then once I relaxed and kind of let go, I'm floating and the river's carrying me to where I need to go, right? So it's just like stop resisting. The universe actually has a great plan. It's going to test you. It's not going to be easy. So when I see those things where it's like, just trust the universe, that is a hard thing to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I started uh, doing lip blush training, it was like six months ago. And I was like, I want to do this, but I don't I don't know if I deserve it. I think we all mm-hmm. feel like, should I put myself in that place of leadership? Um, would people even come? Am I going to prove all the people who hate me right? Like I had those feelings. Mm-hmm. I think everyone does. It's like, wow, is ever going to laugh at my failure? Nobody does that. Like, why would people do that? But you've been in that situation where you think like, oh, if I mess this up or nobody comes or um, that I'm a yeah. failure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, because I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, it's not my purpose. And then I've sold it. I have two sold out classes this spring. And uh, awesome. I do not know. I like know how it happened because I worked really hard for it. But I also, it just goes to show you, like you have to, you have to become part of the process. You mm-hmm. have to put yourself out there. You literally have to like be in the most vulnerable position possible to start getting what you want. I think what you say, trusting the universe, is not necessarily in action. Do nothing. Just wait. It's exactly. just. 
start paying attention to your your intuition and what feels right, what doesn't feel right. That could even be people you're around or mm-hmm, working mm-hmm. with or working for. Yep. Start paying attention to those things. And that is the universe telling you yeah. where to go. Um, I remember I cut some lash clients. I cut my mm-hmm. days down to three days of lashing, which is so funny. I still do. I still lash three days a week. People are always shocked that I still actually work. Like I'm constantly lashing. But I, I remember cutting some people and I was like, I just cut like $3,000 or I, like I was putting monetary amounts to it. But I had to make that time to make videos to make, um, you know, prepare for lip blush trainings yeah. and stuff like that. And I remember the universe testing me so hard being like, okay, well, now this is going to cost you financially. And this is, do you really want this though? It's really just testing you to make sure like, are you sure you want this? Because it's not going to be easy. Yeah. And now I've set it up and I learned so much so that now financially things are like normal again. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's like, you do have to sacrifice and you do have to do things that feel super uncomfortable right? in order to grow and change. And if what you want is truly what you want, you will stick it out and you'll figure it out. And you mentioned earlier about like releasing the ego in it too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times that can feel like you're white knuckling something or like trying to force something. Absolutely. Yeah. And that never works out. It never. never works out because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like mm-hmm. the discomfort sometimes could be showing you a different way. It also could be something where the opposite, it could be like the right thing too. Like in, in a way, I guess if you're acting in a place of like, I just want to stay comfortable and I don't want to go out of my comfort zone, that could be one thing. But if it's if it's more about like, this isn't working, but I'm going to keep doing it because they're going to think this or my parents are going to think that. Yeah, never do something because you think you should be doing it. Right. Right. It's like when I had two locations and I closed one, I literally had people saying like whispering like, oh, did you hear she went out of business or that place went out of business? No, it didn't. I had to literally pay for that location to um to go away and I moved into a bigger location and I also didn't I completely didn't care at the same time like I just knew this is going to be this is the right decision I knew it I knew it and the reason I knew it also was because opening location number two was an ego move it was just I think I need to do this this is the next step I have to do this I'm not going to be happy until I do this and it never, never was okay. Not one time in those like three years that I had two locations. I hated it the whole time. Yeah. But I was just acting out of like, God, I just need this to work because, you know, how am I going to go backwards now? But I didn't go backwards. It was just I pivoted and then everything opened up, you know? Yeah. I think people see things like that as failure. But really, if you're a smart person, you will never look at somebody pivoting or realizing that something was wrong and changing it the people i think are like the in the worst positions are people who are in a marriage that sucks and they stay in it or in a business that they hate and they stay in it that is to me you're creating your own hell and you're Mm -hmm. living in it every day if something feels wrong and you don't make changes then you know it's kind of one of those things it's just like what how bad do you want to be happy yeah and i think you are so successful especially in austin i mean i still send people to shelby all the time because i'm like i i'm not going to take you but like you're on westlake go to go to shelby um i think you were able to focus on your shop that you love and give it more love and actually you know water that plant and it's grown and it's massive now and now Mm -hmm. you're opening like or you opened a beauty school for just lashing and now I can send people there and so I think you realized your purpose and it doesn't come without a cost Mm -hmm. obviously you had to go through all of that terrible stuff with the other shop to like actually realize what you want Mm -hmm. but it's a huge lesson and I think most people think it's I don't even think it's a failure I think you're just learning like how else are this is the first time in our lives right in this life and so um yeah just try new things and try different stuff and don't be afraid to fail it sucks sometimes financially for sure but 
whatever. Like money yeah. is fleeting too. Yes. So. Yeah. You can always make more. Comes and goes. Yeah. Um, so what's what's next for you? Like what is on the horizon for crush artistry? Oh my gosh. Um, I am still working on more training, I think, with lip blush. Um I still work, have to work on myself a lot with that, um, and I'm trying to come up with new ideas and things that would serve people. Uh, hopefully some online trainings. Um, I have to bother Mags and um, her hubby, who they are so sweet. I, they yeah. moved to Texas. I know. I'm like, now I have to because they're, they're the kindest people ever. So um, I think I have so many uh, amazing people in my life. There's no reason why I shouldn't be doing uh, more amazing things. But um, I call you guys like expanders. I know this is so emb embarrassing, but I do all this guided meditation. I think I've sent it to you. Um, but people who are in your life who have more knowledge about something than you are expanders and you reach out to them. And I've read like when I wasn't sure about reels, I reached out to Mac. She expanded me so mm -hmm. much. I, I've been able to grow so much just by trying reels and doing stuff like that our meeting with just having dinner with you and mo it made me feel less alone it made me feel like okay like we're all going through this hard stuff and then we have people like mags and yeah. you know her husband and um they're so wonderful it's like wow we have all of these people at our disposal um obviously we want to financially support them mm -hmm. and also emotionally support them because we love them but um, if you're feeling down, like look around, you probably have so many people who can expand yeah. your knowledge of things and help you. Um, and honestly, most people are so nice, so nice in this yeah. industry. You reach out and you're like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Cool. I have a class for that. Or why don't you just come sit in on an appointment? Like people are very kind. Yeah. Um, not all people, but most people, I would say. Mm -hmm. So um as a new lash artist, trying to find um, expanders or um, make mentorships and friendships is is going to help you the most, I'd say. So, yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Now we're going to play a little game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you so much. You're so I welcome. I loved our conversation. Me too. Mm -hmm.